Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. With a fresh new song And Jay Nessler will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the Good morning everyone, this is Fran Lewis This is MJ Network MJ in memory of my sister Marsha Joyce And Fiona is back She and Nathan are getting married again because families demand weddings and they want to be there. So what could go wrong? Well, let's see. The wedding planner is murdered. Who happens to be her brother's girlfriend? And I'm not going to tell you anymore. Oh, wait a minute. Wait till you meet her mother-in-law. This is going to be so cool. Cindy McDonald is here. Good morning. And welcome back to MJ Network. How you doing? Oh, thanks so much for having me. I am so glad you're here. So this is so cool. Um, so I've got a brief summary of the plot and about Fiona and Nathan. They have an original relationship. Well, as you know, Fiona um, it has been dating the very quirky, snicker-eating um, Nathan, Detective Nathan Landry for several years, and they have been through several um, uh quite a few mysteries together and, uh, and, and in fact this is book 10 so um in, in this book um in in book number eight which was bon voyage to murder um and they went on a cruise if you recall um mm-hmm. they got married on the cruise but they agreed to keep the wedding secret because they wanted her mother to have the wedding the big the big deal that everybody wants for their daughter so they they kept the the marriage secret all through book nine uh taking notes on murder well here we are at book 10 and it is time for the the big moment when they get married for all the family to see and of course you know uh nathan's mother rita landry whom we have read about in the last nine books, she's mentioned all the time, but we never actually meet Rita. You know, mm. um, it's, oh, I'd like you to meet my mom, but she's in Australia. Oh, I'd like you to meet my mom, but she's in China. Oh, I'd like you to meet my mom, but she's in Belgium. And, and so she, the, the, the mystery of the last nine books has been who is Rita Landry and why is she all over, you know, all over the place? She's never home. So, and even Nancy, uh, Quinn, who is, of course, uh, Fiona's very, <laughs> I don't know what kind of mom she is. She's loosely based on my mom, who I who I lost two years ago. But um, she is like, I don't think there is a Rita Landry. I, I think she is a figment of Nathan's imagination, and she, she, she really doesn't exist. Well, she exists, people, and she shows up at the Pittsburgh International Airport. And that's when all the fun begins because there are two very uh, sketchy men following her. And she's wearing mm-hmm. this absolutely 
fantastic diamond necklace. And, uh, and, and the neck, everywhere she goes, she wears this necklace, and everybody asks her about it, and she keeps saying it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. But these two men want that mm. necklace. So anyway, as a, you know, they're getting ready for this, this wedding, and, of course, the wedding planner ends up dead. And, uh, the whole, and, and, and who is the number one suspect? Well, Chad Quinn, because he's been dating Fiona and Nathan's wedding planner, and the two of them haven't been getting along. And, in fact, we witnessed an argument between them at a dinner mm. when the family all gets together to meet Rita and just everybody get together, and there's an argument. And then the very next day, she's dead. And Chad is the one who discovers the body, and he ends up getting her blood all over him. And a maid walks in because he, he finds her at the hotel where she's the wedding planner, and the maid comes in, and he's accused of killing his girlfriend. That's so sad. I know. Yeah. But you know, if you're well, around, think... something, something's going to happen. You know, it would be boring yeah. if it didn't. And you never and never <laughs> know. So, see, what, you know, my brother used to do this to me. This is really true. Whenever whenever I had a date or something, um, my brother would say, you know, well, I don't like him or I don't like you. He would embarrass me. So why does he embarrass Fiona? And, and, and even even at the dinner, and I, I could appreciate that. You know what? Chad is Fiona's younger brother. Um, he is three years her junior. And um, throughout the, the last nine books, he has been the source of a lot of uh, embarrassment and frustration for Fiona, and he loves to make his sister's face turn purple. He just loves to do that to her. <laughs> and That was good. Oh, and um, only at this particular dinner, um, <laughs> she manages to turn the tables on Chad when all of the family gathers, including Chad's girlfriend, Kristen Young, the wedding planner, Kristen Young. She comes to this dinner and Reed is at the dinner. And, uh, you know, they both have this big argument, but Fiona decides to lighten the mood by telling this one and only embarrassing child story that this poor woman has. And they, and I, and I go through how he used to play the clarinet and that he thought he was going to be the next Kenny G and, you know, and, and he's trying to get Fiona, of course, to shut up because he doesn't want this, this story to be told. And, of course, Fiona's like, oh, no, baby. oh, no, this is, this is my moment. This is my turn to make you look like an idiot. So he, she tells this story that actually happened in my household. That story that you get from the Fiona Quinn story with Chad and the clarinet is is almost true. I, I took it a step further, but it is almost true. Um, Chad gets a clarinet just like my daughter Lauren got a clarinet, and they wanted to play in the band at school. And it was time for the spring concert, and my daughter Lauren had quit band, but she didn't bother to tell us 
she had quit band. Well, likewise, Chad quit band, what was it, like six weeks into the band program at school. Mm-hmm. So the day of the band concert, Lauren got ready for the band concert, just like Chad got ready for the band concert. Everybody in the family is getting ready to go. And Fiona is just like my older daughter, Lisa, who's saying, hey, you'd better tell them before we get in the car that you're not in band. But Chad doesn't do that. My, my daughter did fess up, but Chad didn't. So I took the story one step further, hoping that my reading audience will just get a good laugh out of it because the whole time I was writing it, I was getting a good laugh out of it. My sister got stuck playing the clarinet. She hated it. And the teacher didn't like it. And my sister had braces. So I, was, I, felt, I felt so bad for her. I mean, I, was, I played the violin. And was, I loved playing the violin. It was fun. And getting up in front of people, well, that's another story, too. So this is really cool. Who is Jenna, and what is she supposedly involved with Rita? And Nick, Nick Nathan spends one night with his mother, and then things get wild with 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 this right. necklace and Jenna. So what happens with that? And it's diamonds. Diamonds are so cool, especially if they're real. Yeah. Well, this this necklace that um, that Rita is wearing, and and we find this out very early in the story, actually, is um, has been stolen. This was a stolen necklace right out of Buckingham Palace. And the necklace that I described to you um, is an actual necklace that Queen Elizabeth does own. And that I, But I didn't use Queen Elizabeth's name because I wasn't sure how the royal family would feel about that. But I did use the necklace. Um, <laughs> and then the necklace, there are also pictures of the fabulous Queen Elizabeth, uh, not Elizabeth, but Queen Victoria, wearing this very necklace. Now, can you just imagine wearing a necklace around your throat that once belonged to Queen Victoria? I mean, I just can't imagine what that must be like. But, of course, Queen Elizabeth, you know, she has access to all those kinds of jewelry. Well, anyway, the necklace has been stolen from Buckingham Palace. And um, because the queen has been through so much lately, which we know she has, um, uh, they are, they're not letting her know that the, that, the, um, that the necklace has been stolen. And they have hired Global Shield, which is the company that Rita, in fact, works for. And they're mm. kind of, do you remember the book called I Once Rose First Force? Mm-hmm. The First Force? Series? Yes, I do. They're I kind of like read that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have since stopped writing that series because I just love Fiona Quinn and the Owl's Nest so much. I just don't have time to write that anymore. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I like that one. She, yeah, everybody loved it. I loved it, but I'm just having too much fun with these. Maybe I'll go back to it someday. Yeah. But anyway, so um, she is supposed to hand off this necklace to this Jenna Bannister. Mm-hmm. And because because of Nathan's wedding, she cannot get the necklace to Buckingham Palace. But she did manage to retrieve the necklace from Mm. those who had stolen it. And now she's supposed to pass it off to another agent named Jenna Bannister. Well, in the interim, she does pass the necklace off to him, to her. 
and that agent is killed. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, now the necklace is out there. And Rita has to find who has the necklace, and she has to get the necklace off them, and she's got to get it to Buckingham Palace, and she's got to be at the wedding on Saturday. So this, is, this gives the reader a sense of urgency. Um, and guess who ends up getting drugged to England with Rita? Dear old Fiona. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. Fiona. Right, because she goes to pick um, Rita up from the place where she ha- was supposed to meet Jenna to yeah. hand off the necklace. And I don't want to say where that's at, but because it'll just kind of mess things up. And um, when, when she comes out, after she comes out, that's... So Rita, when they leave for England, when, when Rita realizes she has to go... Fiona feels that she needs to go with Rita to help her because, you know, this is, this is Nathan's mother. This is, she shouldn't be, you know, running around by herself. And, 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 and Rita's like, no, you don't understand. It's okay. I know my way around. Well, she ends up getting, showing up anyway and getting drug on the airplane with Rita. And that, of course, is where they meet Hale. Do you remember Hale? What was Hale's yeah. last name? Uh, I can't remember Hale's last name. That's terrible, but I can't. But anyway, his name's Hale. He is the air marshal on the airplane. And Rita, of course, because she's a secret agent, is able to get paperwork saying that she is transporting a um, prisoner. She gets it off the Internet. And, and uh, she's been giving a, she's given a little bit of trouble getting on the airplane, if you recall, because there is... Yeah. In fact, an actual um, airplane service that transports prisoners so that they don't have to be among the public on an air flight. Um, But she needs to get this prisoner, Fiona, to England immediately because she has to be in court. So she's got this special paperwork to get her on the plane. And Hale, the air marshal, is going to help keep Fiona, this serial murderer Fiona, under control on the airplane so that she doesn't bother the other passengers. So Fiona, our innocent, sweet kindergarten teacher, who is always (laughs) complaining because people think that because she's a kindergarten teacher, she can never make a mistake, and she's always so perfect. She's just this perfect little angel, and now she gets to play the role of a serial killer. So she's really whooping that up on the uh, airplane, and even Rita at one point goes, you got to calm down. you got to calm down. So well, what's really um, scary is that she has to sit there for hours, and she can't move. That's horrible. Right. Right, and she's in these handcuffs. Right. Yeah. And uh, so and the handcuffs once belonged to Al Capone because Rita has a <laughs> hand collection. You know, it's like, you know, as if Rita isn't this enigmatic character as it is, she's also got a handcuff collection. And she chooses to put on Fiona these old you know, 1930s, 1940s handcuffs 
that once belonged to Al Capone, that he was that he was um, arrested and put in at one point during his lovely career. So uh, she's wearing these awful handcuffs, and um, it, and that's like a I don't know how many hour flight it is to England. It's it's you know it's not like a two hour flight to go to 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 Heathrow Airport from Pittsburgh, but um, yeah. So it, she makes this whole trip and the whole way she's uh, Fiona's talking in this Cockney accent and Hale's just kind of taken back by her and he keeps saying she doesn't look like a serial killer she doesn't look like a serial killer so you know so the the airplane ride is pretty fun too so let's we have to get to Nathan because poor Nathan he's stuck with all these people yeah. So how does he yeah. get involved with the murder? And why I love I don't eat Snickers. I don't eat chocolate. But he, in, order, in order to make Nathan happy, you got to give him a Snickers bar. So why the Snickers right. bar for Cliff and even the Russians? And who's Mr. Bentley? I mean, really, Nickel. I mean, Snickers are very bad for you. You're gonna get fat. Too much sugar. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. That's his. That's his stress snack, you know. Uh, Nathan, if you notice, dr- eats them constantly. But he only eats them, when, if you notice, when he's on a cake. Yeah. You don't see him eating them. Like if he's just sitting there with Fiona and they're having dinner or they're, they're somewhere, he's not eating them. Only when he's on the job is he popping those Snickers bars. Um, <laughs> anyway, he, he is called in to the Sherilyn Hotel where Kristen Young was the, um, the, the wedding planner there. And, um, and of course she is murdered in one, of the, in one of the rooms that she was prepping for a bride. Now this is on a Wednesday and this was going, I think a Tuesday now, and this was going to be a Wednesday wedding, which is, is incredibly odd but it was just somebody having a very, very small wedding right there at the Sherilyn, and she was prepping the honeymoon suite for this bride, and, um, and, and she is murdered in the honeymoon suite. And, of course, like I said, Chad walks in, finds her dead, and he rushes to her, and he gets his blood on her, on himself. And, mm. of course, the maid comes in to bring in extra towels because Kristen had... Um, requested extra towels for her bride. Mm-hmm. She likes her brides to have extra towels. So she brought in the extra towels and she finds Chad hovering over this woman's body and he's got her blood on him. So of course, what do you think this, this poor maid is thinking? Oh my God, this guy just you know killed this woman. And she runs to the lobby and reports that there's a murderer in the Sherilyn. Now, Nathan is called to the Sherilyn, mm. and this is his last day of work before he goes on vacation for his wedding and his honeymoon. So here he is, poor guy. He's been called to the Sherilyn for a fresh murder. And um, he is informed <laughs> that his future brother-in-law has been hauled down to the police station because he is suspect number one. So, you know, in Nathan's style, he's eating Snickers, and he just goes up to the bridal suite to, 
find out what the details are. And he comes across a fellow homicide detective who, Mm. if you have read the Owl's Nest uh, mysteries, you are familiar, which is my other cozy mystery series, you are familiar with him. And his name is Detective Cliff Slater. And now the reason I brought Cliff Slater into the crossed him over into the Fiona Quinns was because Nathan would not be allowed to work this murder case because he would be too closely attached to it Mm. because of his brother-in-law. So, of course, he's been removed from the case, and Cliff Slater is the one who is in charge. But Nathan's not one to step aside. So Cliff agrees to keep him in the loop and let him do, let him do a, you know, a, a little bit of investigating along with him, and they'll just keep it quiet. So Nathan is involved in a ghostly type way, if you will. He's, he's, he's in on all the interviews with the, the people who were in the lobby, like the um, day manager of the Sherilyn, the um, maid, and Bentley Jessup, who is the security guard. Um, he is a man with an English accent, and he is the security guard for the Sherilyn. And he is the one who basically, when, when Chad shows up in the um, uh, lobby, all covered in blood, he's the one who takes him into custody and waits for the police. Well, everybody so she, um, assumes that he's guilty, but he's really, you know, nobody really knows. They just all of a sudden, because she came in and sees him covered with blood or whatever, that he's guilty. So Absolutely. I mean, what would you think? You find this, you come into the room, all you're doing yeah. is delivering people because that's what you've been told to do. And um, there's this guy hovering over this woman, and she's covered in blood. And he, re- and, and he has touched the knife, and he's holding it in his hand, and he has the knife in his hand, which, of course, Chad is making all the mistakes. You know, you don't touch the body. You don't touch the weapon. But he is so panicked. He's only, let me see, Kirsten, right? Um, uh, Fiona is like 28 years old. He's, he's only 25. So he's, he's in a complete and total panic. And he's touching things he shouldn't be touching. And he's covered in this girl's blood. What would you think if you came upon something like that? Uh, yeah, well, you know what? The maid's lucky that he didn't try to kill her. If it was a real killer, you'd run the other way. Well, he could have gotten her right, with the knife, she, yeah. She just, she, well, she, she tossed those, those, um, those towels down and she took off and, and got out of there because, you know, who, you know, you don't want to take the chance that he's coming after you. So, and of course, he he follows. He doesn't catch up to her, but he follows her, and she gets to the base uh, to the lobby. And most, a few minutes later, he comes into the lobby, and he is holding the knife. And he's got the blood. You know, everybody makes the the assumption that everybody would certainly make, no doubt. Oh, that so, um, is right. Right. So. Um, you know, so Nathan ends up being present 
when he is questioned, although he's he's in the the um, the observation room, and Slater is in the interrogation room mm-hmm. with Chad. But Chad knows. Chad knows, and he says, "There's no. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you until you bring Nathan Landry in here, and I know you know who he is, and I know he's in that next room." He says, "I'm not talking till you till you bring him in here." And so, of course, they bring Nathan in. And Nathan, because the kid is saying all the wrong things, <laughs> Nathan keeps feeding, keeps feeding him Snickers. Have a Snickers. Have a Snickers. Because he wants, to, he wants Chad to have a mouthful of chocolate so he can't talk. He just wants him to shut up. No, so, no. Um, so, yeah. So that, it, it gets, you know, it gets pretty wild. And then, of course, we have Rita and um, Fiona heading for England. Now we have um, two other people that are involved in this mess. Who is Gupta and Harry Dobbs? Ooh, how does he come into play with the necklace? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay, well, um, Mr. Gupta is a a man who has a van service. uh, Raja Gupta's van service, and I just love this character. And he's just a minor character. Yeah, I like but him too. He is. I love him. He's he's uh, he's in the van. Um, he's actually been in other Fiona Quinn books. I've just never given him a name before. Um, but every time I wrote him, I thought, oh, you know, I just love this guy. He's just hysterical. And this time, I'm going to give him a name, and I'm going to have him play a little bit of a role this time. And um, he's somebody that when he's taking you from the airport to your hotel or from your hotel to your airport, um, he's paying attention to everything you're saying. And he's just one of those people who kind of get involved in the conversation, and he just loves gossip. He loves it. He lives for it. And um, so he is standing right outside the hotel when Chad comes down. And I think it's right before Chad comes down. Yes, right before Chad comes down, there's this little old lady in the, in the lobby. And she's, she's standing near the elevator. And this man who's been sitting in the lobby reading a newspaper and tapping on his cell phone, gets up and he grabs her purse and runs out the front. So she's been purse snatched right there in the lobby of the Sherilyn. And she's screaming and yelling. And then Chad comes down in the elevator. So we've got a maid screaming and yelling. We've got an old lady screaming and yelling. And we've got this blood, this guy saturated in blood screaming. I didn't kill her. I didn't kill her. And that, but the, security guard has run out the front door after the um, after the purse snatcher. And then when he comes back in, of course, he sees Chad with the knife and everything. That's when he takes him down. So he doesn't shoot him. He just, you know, gets him under control for the police. Well, meanwhile, Mr. Gupta is out in the, in the little carport right outside the thing. He's getting ready to take people to the airport including the little old lady who we soon find out her name is Fenella 
blessed. Mm. And she talks like this. She's she's southern. She talks real slow. And um she's but she's very upset that this guy has taken her purse, which anybody would be. But when the security guard comes back, he has retrieved her purse. And and little to the security guard knowledge, Mr. Gupta has seen him get the purse. So he knows what went down with the purse. What he mm-hmm. doesn't know is what went in with Chad. So um, Mr. Gupta is released. The, the police release him right away because he's got people to get to and from the airport. Mm. If they don't let him go, how are those people going to get to where they need to be? So, And they said he didn't really see anything, and they don't even talk to him. He didn't see the murder. He didn't see anything going on in the lobby. Just let him go. Let him get his people. So that's what, so Mr. Gupta leaves, but he ends up being quite important toward the end of the book, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Now, wait a minute. I have my more questions in the front of me. Now, the problem is this, people. Rita, she's a trip. A mother-in-law like that, really, I don't know if you want one like her. She's as wacky as you can get. So why do the Russians <laughs> always find her? And what happens when Rita and Fiona finally get off the plane? <laughs> These two Russian guys, I love. Uh-oh. writing Bruno Orlovsky and Ivan Gusteva. These guys are, you know, even even Rita tells Nathan, because Nathan sees these two guys following her, because, you know, Nathan Nathan's with it. <laughs> it's not like he doesn't catch on to things, and he sees them following her when they, when he and his mother go out to dinner on Mount Washington and all that. He notices them. And um, th- she calls them the dynamic duo, that Putin sends them out to uh, follow agents and do things when the situation really doesn't call for their big-time Russian agents. These two guys are kind of at the bottom of the heap. They're kind of... They're kind of bumblers, wouldn't you say, Fran? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, right. They're kind of bumblers, and they're they're kind of at the bottom of the heap. And even Rita tells Nathan, Putin is making a feeble attempt to get this um, necklace back to Buckingham Palace because he doesn't want to have to deal with this this isn't important enough for him to make a big deal out of. He just wants to get it because this, this necklace was, was stolen by a big time Russian businessman as a gift for his daughter, who is a big time Royal fan. She loves the Royals. And so she, he, he had this necklace stolen for her for her birthday. So Putin is aware of this, and he's like, you know, let's just send out these two guys to get this necklace because I don't want to have to deal with this problem with the queen and everything. It's just not worth my time. Just get these guys. And, and, and that's what Rita tells Nathan. That's, that's who they are. They're just these two guys. And she said, I've had to deal with them before. Anyway, they follow her to, they follow her to Heathrow Airport because 
as big as a bumbler as, as they are, they, they are conscientious about trying to get the job done for their country. And um, when they get to Heathrow Airport, Fiona and Rita get into a car that they have rented, and these two guys decide to hijack a taxi. And we meet two more characters, whom I, two more characters that I just had such a ball writing, Della and Margie. Did you like Della and Margie? I like Mosul, yeah, definitely. But before I forget, I don't want to forget, um, Monday, the author of Fool Her Once will be there on the 23rd. I am so excited. New York Times author John Gilstrap with Blue Fire. That's going to be great. On the 24th, Stella Tear Hart will be interview number one. And I hope this happens. My niece, Carly Tampin, her new song, Where You At? Up today on all platforms, and she will be here to perform it on the 24th and do an interview and tell you about her first song, Eat Your Heart Out, and this one is called Where You At? On the 28th, Claire Douglas, Just Like Us Girls, on the 2nd, Wayward Assassin, on the 3rd, Driven, and on the 8th, this is big, New York Times author Philip Margolin, The Darkest Place, and on the 10th, Angie and Kane at any cost, and that's just part of March. It gets better as we talk about it. So tell us about those two characters that you just mentioned. Okay. Um, Della and Margie are two American mm-hmm. women who um, are on vacation in um, mm. um, uh they're on vacation uh, in England, and mm-hmm. they are very, very excited about being there. And um, they get into the, this taxi, and the taxi driver is putting their stuff in the trunk, and that's when the two Russian guys take, take the taxi. And um, she uh, – and they uh, – and they're driving along, and they realize they have these two ladies. And they're kind of like late middle-aged. They're not young women. They're not old women. But they're, you know, they're somewhere in between there. And they, he, they keep saying, um, and, 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 and Guseva tells them that they're in a movie. And that um, it's a De Niro movie. Because Orlovsky... He, his hair kind of looks like uh, De Niro's, and he's got a big mole on his cheek, just like De Niro does. And so um, they believe that they're in a movie with Robert De Niro. <laughs> and, and they, they keep saying, well, where, where are the, where are the um, cameras? Where are the, oh, it's all being done by drones. It's drones. The drones are filming us. So they're all excited, and they really, really believe that they are in this movie. And um, even even Orlovsky, who's a very grumpy man, is putting up with all these crazy stories that Guseva is telling these two little ladies, you know. 
So they end up being a lot of fun to work with. So um, I'm going to be honest with you, Fran. I just found your your questions. I did not. I, I couldn't find them before. Here they are. They're in my they're in my hands. So don't worry about it. So this okay. is the other thing that was really caused a lot of problems. Tell us about the boxes and roses that Christian ordered. And what happens when Rita learns she's been blindsided? Poor Rita, you really can't win, can you? <laughs> um, they, well, the the um, the the room, the bridal suite was just filled with roses. Just mm. everywhere there was these pink roses that the groom had ordered for this bride. And when um, when Rita was in the room talking with uh, this Jenna Bannister, uh, there were these, all of these flower boxes everywhere, which of course there would be if all mm. these flowers had been delivered. And Jenna was setting out all the flowers while she was talking with Rita. And, um, when, but when Nathan and Cliff get to the room, there are no boxes. There are no boxes, and there are uh, there are more than one set of extra towels. So these are clues as to what went down in that room. And so how, um, do, so how do Cliff and, and Nathan put it all together? And what happens when they realize about the necklace? They realized that whoever killed Jenna Bannister took the necklace from her throat. And they realized that, um, that there were people in the hotel, under the employee of the uh, hotel, who were in on this whole murder, this whole grabbing the necklace mm. scheme. And... So they um, they get a hold of Rita in England because, you know, she has been in touch with Nathan saying, hey, I'm in England following this necklace. And they put together who, between England and the United States, how this whole thing comes together with the necklace. So um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I'm trying to tell you this without telling you how it ends. <laughs> well, don't kind tell of anybody how it ends because <laughs> that'll spoil the fun of reading it. And then if you don't read the whole series, basically you should start from the beginning so you get to know them because I said so. No, well, you know what? The way I have, have written to. the Flynn and the Owl's Nest Mysteries, they are standalone stories. I mean, they are standalone mysteries. You can pick up the fifth book of the series yeah. and read it and you won't be lost. You can pick up the eighth book in the series and enjoy it and you won't be lost because of the way I introduce the, the characters each and every time it is a fresh yeah. introduction and it's not the same introduction. You know, it's not like I tell it to you the same way every time it's a fresh introduction and it, and it fits what's going on at the moment. And this book, um, I've had many reviewers say, you know, this is the tenth book in the series. But if you haven't written, the, read the first nine, you're not lost. 
you are not lost at all. And uh, so I'm pretty proud that I've been able to make each and every one of these book, books a standalone because that's, that's not an easy task. You have to really, no. really think when you're doing it on how to make them standalone stories. Well, not only that, the hard part is, I'm glad you brought that up. I'll just throw this one in. Um, I've read too many books. And the Fiona Quinn mysteries, <laughs> like you said, they're different. A lot of times you get the same character, just a different plot, and by that time I could tell you how it's going to start beginning, middle, and end, which is not good. Because mm-hmm. if I figure it out right. after the first page, you're in trouble, seriously. But Fiona has her own way of creating it, because I think she says, you know, don't make me boring, and don't do the same thing twice, or else I'm not going to come back and do again. So right. how did you – I mean, that's why I love Fiona, but you know what, they're such um, – they're, they're murder mysteries, but they've got this, like, comical twist to it so i just sit down and read them i just sit down and read it so how do you create the final scenes where poor fiona gets involved and where does rita wind (laughs) up at the end are you bringing her back oh well that that was the whole idea behind book 10 book 10 is a turning point for this series um i am like i said i'm so careful to make sure that these books are standalones, and they're not the same situation each and every time. Yeah. You know, um, I don't want it to be that, you know, every time it happens right there in Pittsburgh. If you notice, I, I spread them out, too. It happens in different parts of the Pennsylvania area, even. I've even had it happen up in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. But um, she now we have some new characters. We have Rita. We have Hale, and yes, Guseva and Orlovsky will now become part of the character list in the Fiona Quinn mysteries because um, Rita has decided to stay in Pittsburgh. Uh, she has been given the uh, head position at Global Shield, and they said, you know, it, it's, it's based in Philadelphia, but if you want to move it to P- Pittsburgh, so that you can be near your son, go right ahead and do that. So she's even going to take over Nathan's apartment. And I think you could see throughout this whole little thing that there was a little bit of a romantic thing happening between Rita and Hal. And um, poor Olaski and Gustava get fired from their agent position. Um, mm. And yeah, and, and so Rhea takes pity on them, and she hires them for global for her global shield. So, yeah, this, this book was meant to be, I don't know how I, a freshening up for the series. I want to keep it fresh. I want to keep it um, so people don't say, ugh, it's another Fiona Quinn. Uh, yes, you know, I'm saying. Right, and... I mean, I, I, I don't read um, a lot of the um, Stephanie Plums, but I know there's an awful lot of them. And I wonder how she manages to keep them fresh because um, it's, it's just not something that I read. But, um, you know, I try to make sure that if Fiona makes it to, to book 25, you're not rolling your eyes, you know. So that uh, you're saying, you know what, oh, well, which, what's going to happen this time? You know, 
So that was the whole idea of this book, bringing in fresh characters and fresh, um, fresh situations. Fiona may go a little bit more international. You know, this was Fiona's first international mystery. Mm. And, and we may see some more international mysteries uh, for the Fiona Quinn series. We'll see, we'll see where I go with this. Um, uh, right now I'm busy writing an Owl's Nest book. I remember I saw um, that, I saw that on the um, Internet. I saw that on Facebook the other day. I was going to ask about that. But um, right, I think Fiona needs to give up teaching and go for go for a PI. I think it's time. For <laughs> well, um, she's she makes a she makes an appearance in this uh, this owl's nest that I'm writing right now. Um, oh, and good. So just detective movie. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of bridging them between the two, but not a lot. Just no, a don't. Taste. I mean, you know, Cliff. Um, Cliff Slater did play a very, very big role in this particular Fiona Quinn, but I had no choice. I had to bring in a another detective because, like mm. I said, Nathan would have been kicked off that in- investigation because of Chad. So I thought, well, you know, Cliff Slater's sitting over there in the Owl's Nest series, and he's not doing anything right now, so why don't we just drag him over here <laughs> and use him here? And so that's what I did. I mean, I've got a character. Why not use him? He's not doing anything. So, um, but in the Owl's Nest, uh, this next book, book three, is called Double Dog Dare, Nathan and Fiona. Both of them make an appearance in that book. Um, Yeah, they both make an appearance. And um, for Fiona, it's a very short. It's a very short appearance. But she comes in. But she's made an appearance in um, the Owl's Nest before. She was in the very first book, if you recall. With the, with the wedding dress, I remember. Yeah, with the wedding dress, I remember. Right. Now, in um, Double Dog Dare, she makes another appearance. And, it's, and, and while the appearance this time is very, very important, and it's a very big clue, that's it. That's that's all you see, and then I remove her from the story because I don't. I, I I had to be very careful not to turn it into a Fiona Quinn story. Do you see what mm. I'm saying? So, and even with Nathan Landry, I have to be very careful not to have him so involved that it looks like a Fiona Quinn mystery because it's not. It's an owl's nest mystery. Mm. So, you know that's. That's what I'm working on right now, and I'm I'm coming very close to the climax of that book, which is really exciting. Well, I haven't decided what I'm writing next because I have so many books to review. I don't have time to type a story of my own. I haven't figured it out yet. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But there's two people that we haven't talked about. We have a few more minutes. What about Fiona's parents? How do they fit into this? And what do they think about Rita? <laughs> Mrs. Well, Quinn and, and, Miss, said, and Mrs. Landry, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Fiona couldn't figure out what to call her through the whole book. And then she ended up with Mama Rita. Um, she, um, <laughs> like I said, Nancy, um, Nancy's an interesting character. I love Nancy. She is a little manipulative. You know how moms mm-hmm. can be? They can be a little manipulative. And she, she, um, Garrett is Garrett, who is 
Fiona's dad is a very laid back man. Thank God. Because if he wasn't laid back, I don't know what we would do. But um, they come to town, of course, for the wedding. And when they meet Rita, you know, Garrett doesn't think much of it. He doesn't say much. Mm. But Nancy is very, very suspicious of Rita and that necklace she's wearing. And why is she always traipsing all over the world? You need to yeah. ask these questions, Fiona. You need to find out. And Fiona's like, you know, if she wants to tell me, she'll tell me. I, I, you know, I don't feel as though these things are really my business. Well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out. Well, you know, she, she – and, and Grandma Ev even tries to let her know at some point that there's something up with that necklace. If you recall, uh, she's mm. trying to watch Frazier because she's very upset because Fiona mm. is missing. And she's trying to watch Frazier. And Graham keeps turning the TV back to a documentary on Queen Elizabeth and this necklace. And they're showing the necklace. And that's when she realizes, oh, my God that's got to be a stolen necklace. And of course she goes to confront Nathan and Nathan and Cliff Slater end up taking her for a ride. Don't they? Yep. They do. Yes, they do. We're not going to tell anybody how it ends. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I managed to, I, I managed to include everybody. I had a little trouble including grandma Ev this time. Because she doesn't yeah, leave the house. Pardon me? I like Grandma. I like the, 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 well, the ghost. <laughs> yeah, I love her too. But she does end up at the, um, at the wedding. And, 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 I, and I really wanted her to be at the wedding. And I, and I really think that um, anybody who loves Fiona Quinn probably loved that scene where she was at the wedding. So, yeah, I did. Yeah. So before, so, before I... Before we end, let me see something on my question there. Okay. Um, what, is, what is next for Fiona and Nathan? And I still think she should become a PI. No, seriously. <laughs> or or to well, go I, I, training I, as a PI. I, I think that Fiona doesn't have many choices. I think she's already a PI, whether she likes it or not. Yeah, um, I know. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm working this um, Elf Nest mystery. And I don't yeah. have a storyline yet for Fiona. And I always, I have a publishing schedule. I publish in um, May, usually. Um, I'm hoping that this Owl's Nest will come out in May. And then as soon okay. as that comes out, I would start right into a Fiona Quinn so that it would publish in November. I always have a, a Fiona Quinn come out mm. in November. And right now, I'm, I haven't really been thinking about her a lot. I, I don't know what her next storyline is going to be. But I know it'll come I, to me. I, I, know that, I know that Fiona Quinn will show up on Amazon in November, just like she always does, you know. So, but uh, sometimes it's, you know, I, I, like I said, I want to make sure that I'm including these new characters. So, well, that, that is you good. Know. But, I mean, you have so many characters. We have a few minutes that I wouldn't be surprised if you give Rita and, and uh, Nancy their own book. They could do their own series. They don't need any help. <laughs> they don't even need Nathan and Fiona. They can cause trouble on their own. Two, two mothers. Yeah. She, especially Nancy, who reminds me of mine. You don't want to know. Seriously. 
the critical well, like I said, Lindsay family. is very is very loosely based on my mom. My mom was kind of like Nancy, very very yeah, suspicious of things. Yeah, uh-huh. and always wanted to know. Yeah, she, you know, so very loosely based on Joanne Scheidner. And, um, you know, but like I said, the, the other characters will be there. You know, Grandma Ev will always be there. And, uh, of course, Harriet will always be there. And Harriet never really plays a big role. She's, she's kind of supporting cast, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, she's, you know, people, people like the dogs in the cozy mysteries or cats, whatever. And, uh, you know, so... You know, it's. I will have one for November. I just have to figure out what I'm going to write. So I'm sure you will. Anyway, before we end, where can everybody get both series? Well, of course, they are available on Amazon, and of course, my website www.csmcdonaldbooks.com. You can look at the books there, and you can order them right off of the um, website. There are links right there on the website to order Fiona Quinn, um, The Owl's Nest, and, of course, the George the Pony children's books are there as well. So Yes, and my nephew um, said to tell you that he loves George the Pony. Unfortunately, Ashton and, and Gabe moved. I was so aggravated, but I was glad that they got the books before they moved. And it's too quiet up here. It's too quiet up here, yeah. And um, Ashton got a copy of the mystery book, um, The Hidden Shoes, and the other one that that just came out. And um, I feel bad that, I don't don't know if he liked it or not, I'll find out. But um, Mm -hmm. Toby sent a copy autographed, and he was thrilled because they were moving that day. Now, I I am excited. I just got an email from... Oh, wow. New York Times author um, Robert McCaw for Treachery Times 2. He'll be joining me in June for his book on June 16th. It's like getting crazy. I have never seen anything like this in my life. In the last week, I've gotten like 20 people that want interviews and want me to review their books, and the pile's getting too big. So let me know when your book comes out so I can put you in my schedule because basically people, May's gone, and I've got maybe one or two left in June. I can't believe it. And I've got one in August and one in September already. I I have no idea. And I am very honored that uh, Amanda Quick. You can put me on the August list. That'd be fine. I can put you in for June. Hold on a minute. Let me look at my schedule because this is mind-boggling. Let's see. I just... (laughs) I have Don Bentley with his new um, book on, Clancy book on the 7th, maybe. Alan Topol on the 9th, somebody on the 13th, Cry of the Innocent. Robert McCaw on that. I've got a pain doctor, I think. She's a one of normal pain doctor. I'm supposed to read her book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the 22nd, I have a sports book. The 27th, I have Tess Gerenson. I have one more date in June, the 29th, if that works. That's about it, people. That works. one August. Does that work? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay, okay well, Jim. Let me put yeah. it in. Okay, you get the last one. And that'll one. be That's double it. dog day. Yeah. Just send me the title and the picture so I can put it in. So now that that takes care of June, people. Moving on to, to um, August. I don't do anything in July. So thank you yeah. so much. Everybody, oh, it's you. a beautiful day outside. And, you know, with what's going on in the world, and there's such negative 
I try to do something, and I think I do a pretty good job, positive every single day, because I really think that people need to start thinking nicely and, and, and start doing something nicer, because maybe the virus will disappear if nobody, if they don't, we don't want it, because you are negative and nobody else wants to see you. So, Cindy, thank you so much. Everybody, it's a beautiful day outside. It's not raining yet. We're expecting a storm later, but we never know. Everybody have a great day, and bye.